0: All right. Good morning. Good to see everyone. Um, happy Fourth of July weekend. Whatever. Some people don't get don't have to even work. Go to work tomorrow. I understand. We are starting a new series, meaning we take a topic and we talk about it for several weeks. And so it's a good week to be here because you'll be on the week one. And it's titled "One Minute After You Die." Life after death is today's topic. I want to start with. If you don't have an outline, um, it's on the outline or be on the screen. Most people don't like to talk about death. Kind of unusual because of all of life's activities, that's the only one that's certain, right? If you were born, you're going to die. But I understand it's not necessarily pleasant, and we grieve when somebody dies. My wife and I talk about this because we've had multiple people in our congregation. Their spouses die. And so if you're married, I don't know what the percentage is, probably 99% chance that one of you is going to die before the other. And the other one's going to experience that, that loss and that grief. But it's important to plan for something that's certain, right? If it's certain, we ought to talk about it and we ought to plan for it. Now, what we're going to find out is that you, even though your body might die, you do not cease to exist. Now, some people believe that. And they say, we have no proof there's life after death. But they have no proof there isn't life after death. So you can pick and choose whatever you want. But I would think this is a curious topic for most everyone, right? The fact that, <laughs> is there something after death? And we're going to look at a lot, of, a lot of Scripture this morning, more than usual, because otherwise it's just my opinion, right? So what God has to say about uh, meaning of life and eternity. Another reason it's so important is, on your outline, what you believe about eternity determines in a huge, huge effect How you live today. For example, if you believe that there's no life after death, that you don't go on beyond your physical body, then how are you going to live your life? You're going to live it to to, to get as much from it or out of it as possible because then it's going to end. And so the tendency would be very selfish or self-centered, right? Even if you have family members that you take care of and so forth. Uh, you want to get as much joy and pleasure out of this life because that's all there's going to be. On the other hand, and if you're not a Jesus follower, we're glad that you're here. It's an important topic for you. But if you're a Jesus follower, it all's different, right? What is your purpose on life? Well, it's, some people say it's preparation for eternity. Uh, we are here to serve God and serve other people, and it's just the opposite of being <laughs> selfish or self-centered, isn't it? C.S. Lewis, most of you know who he was. He said this, aim for heaven and you get earth thrown in. Aim for earth and you get neither. So that's why we're looking at this. Uh, we're going to, like I say, look at a lot of scripture. So we're going to start in 2 Corinthians. Paul wrote this, the church in Corinth, and evidently God gave him this insight into uh, what we call eternity and, and we call scripture. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know, okay? So he knew, and we should know, this is true. That when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body. I think it's interesting. The body is described as a a tent, the earthly body, all right? And they're all going to die. We will have a house in heaven. What's the difference between a tent and a house? The tent's kind of temporary. It doesn't offer a, a, a whole lot of protection, and so forth. But we all like to have a house to live in, right? Well, in heaven, we're going to have a house. It's described as an eternal body. Well, these bodies are temporary. We're going to get one that's eternal. It doesn't going to wear out. Isn't that going to be fantastic? Uh, and it's made for by God himself and not by human hands. All right, we'd mess it up. We made it. But God's going to give us or make us an eternal uh, body. So I don't know if you're... Thoughts are about afterlife, you're going to be floating on a cloud and kind of a spirit. No, no, no. You're going to have a body, just like Jesus' resurrected body. And there's going to be a new earth, which is fantastic to think about because an earth without sin, it's going to be mind-boggling. So he goes on. We grow weary in our present bodies. You get tired working during the day, right? And as you get older, you get tired, um, More easily, you just get tired. It's hard to get out of bed sometimes. And we long to put on heavenly bodies like new clothing. So you've got old clothes that are wearing out. Actually, people wear holes in their clothes now, don't they? (laughs) Anyway, uh, you got clothes that are wearing out. It's nice to get new clothes, right? And so our bodies are wearing out, so we're going to get new bodies. For we'll put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. So we're not going to be floating around as spirits. Even though God is a spirit, we are created as bodies and we will have eternal bodies. He goes on. While we live in these earthly bodies, right now, right now, right? We groan and sigh. Why? It's not that we want to die. Nobody's in a hurry to die, I don't think. To get rid of these earthly bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies. So if you got old worn out clothes and there's new clothes, what's your temptation? You want desire to put on the new clothes. Rather you want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Because these are dying. These new bodies are not going to be dying. They're going to live and live and live and live. So the text goes on. God himself has prepared us for this. As a guarantee... Of what he said. You know this? This is here's your guarantee. He's given us this Holy Spirit. It's interesting. Most people, even if they intellectually want to believe there isn't no nothing after after death, believe there's there's more to life than just this. However, you want to interpret that. Those of us that are Jesus followers or believers that have the Holy Spirit, we've got this kind of confirmation. It's almost this uh, assurance. We're gonna use he's gonna use that word. Um, and uh, peace and, and somewhat, and Paul's going to write this somewhere else, I'm almost looking forward to it, right? Because it's better than here. Some translations say this is the, the down payment and God is whetting our, our appetites for a taste of what is to come. Because there's some good things about life here, right? Be multiplied in the in hereafter. So the text goes on. Here's the word. He uses it twice. So we are always confident you right, so don't have to doubt, doubt, have doubts about this at all. Excuse me. <coughs> we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. So we may have a relationship with God, but we don't see Him face to face. One day we'll see Him face to face. Now, verse 7 is, is a pretty familiar verse. You probably understand it like this way. We walk by faith, not by sight. This translation says we live by believing and not by seeing. And that's one of the challenges as, as a Jesus follower, right? There's more than the, what we can see with our eyes. And so we get trapped in this world and we try and live by this world and we focus on this world, but he's saying, no, 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 no. You and I need to live by believing or by faith, not by sight. When bad things happen, I read this verse this morning, Romans 8:28 says, all things work together for good. So even bad things that happen, if I'm trapped in the, in the physical world, I think, well, that's bad. But if I understand there's more than that, there's a spiritual realm, then God can work good from that, actually even here in the physical realm. So we walk by faith, not by sight. Text goes on. Here's the word. Always confident. Now we say we're fully confident. Always confident, fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we'll be at home with the Lord. So whether we're here in the body, text goes on, or away from the body, what is our goal? What is your goal in life? Well, we have lots of goals. You might be in school, finish your education, you have a job, you might want to get to retirement, you might have families, raise your children, maybe have grandchildren. There's lots of goals. But what's the bottom line, the foundation of your goal of life? And if you're a Jesus follower, it's this. Our goal is to Please him. Now I said this in the first service. If I'm pleasing him, I'll please my wife, right? If I'm pleasing him, I'm going to please my kids. If I'm, or vice versa, if I'm pleasing my kids, it's going to please him. If I'm pleasing my wife, etc. So make sure your bottom line goal is to please him, because you're going to live for eternity. So break it down into three three steps here. First off, <clears throat> our physical body is going to die. These bodies, from the day you're born, they start to die. Right? They're wearing out, and eventually everybody dies. Fact. In fact, <laughs> the statistic says 100% sure, right? If you're born, you're going to die. So, uh, writer of Hebrews says this, just as each person is destined to die once, right? we're all going to die, after that comes judgment. We're going to talk about judgment in a few minutes. So, 100% sure that if you're born, you're going to die. Now, I don't know, some of you are my age, close to my age. Remember the movie Jaws? Probably most of you have seen the movie Jaws. Were you afraid to go in the ocean after seeing Jaws? <laughs> some, some people were. Yeah. I might die by, by shark. So I, I did some research and got some statistics. You are more likely to die from a wine cork hitting you in the head than you are from dying from a shark. You're more likely to get hit by a coconut on your head and dying than you are by, by being killed by a shark. You're more likely to die falling off your toilet than you are to being eaten by a shark. So hopefully if you go to the ocean this summer, you're not afraid to go into the water. But the fact is we're all going to die, most likely not by shark, but somehow. We say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We come from... These physical bodies are going to return to just physical uh, elements, right? So, got a body, it's going to die. Secondly, this is really important, you're not just a body, you are a soul. And at death, our souls separate from our physical body. You continue to, to go on. Your body hasn't, it's died, but you haven't died. So, uh, Jesus referred to this, it's pretty clear. He said this, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. Now, if I had a gun up here and I was pointing at you, you'd probably be afraid, right? But all I could do is kill your body, right? I can't touch the essence of who you are. I can't touch your soul. And he's saying they can't touch your soul. Fear only God. Why? Because he's the one that can affect both your soul and body and ultimately possibly in hell. And we're going to take a Sunday or week and talk about hell. Now, a couple of other instances from Jesus' life. He had this good friend, Lazarus, and his sisters, Mary and Martha. And Lazarus dies, and he's delayed for whatever reason. And he gets there like four days after Lazarus had died, and he's probably been in a, buried for three days. They, don't, they didn't keep bodies around, right? So he's having this conversation with Martha. And here's what he says. He says, I, Jesus, am the resurrection and the life. And the resurrection, meaning if you died, you can come back to life, and I am the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Isn't that interesting? Well, you just said die. No, you're going to continue to live even after your body dies. And then he says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never really die. You know, your body dies, but who you are doesn't really die. And he asked her, do you really believe this? And I'd ask you, do you really believe this? I pray that you do. Someone has said it this way, when people are at your funeral, you're never more alive then than you were when you were here on earth. Another time, Jesus hanging on the cross. Remember, there's two other criminals with him and one is giving Jesus a hard time. He's, he's mocking him. But the other guy, amazingly, this other guy believes in Jesus. And so he has a request of Jesus. And I don't know if you make requests of Jesus. Some, I, prayer is a request of Jesus. Sometimes Jesus says yes, sometimes he says no, right? So it's interesting. This guy, he's, never done, probably, he's probably been a criminal most of his life, all right? You've got to re- realize what type of person it is. He says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, wait a wait, minute. Wait. The disciples thought Jesus was the Messiah, and when Jesus was dying on the cross, how many of his disciples thought that his kingdom was coming? How many, how many do you think? None of them. They were devastated. You're, if your Messiah, if your king dies, you don't have a kingdom, right? So there was no followers of Jesus after his death. The closest one was this criminal on the cross. Again, he probably didn't do much of anything good on his whole entire life. He requests that Jesus will take him into his kingdom when he dies. And what do you think Jesus says to him? He said, I assure you, I guarantee you, without a doubt, today, not sometime in the future, but today, you and me are going to be in paradise. We're, we're suffering and dying on our cross now, but before the day's over, you and I are going to be in, a, in this paradise. So this criminal... <laughs> had more faith than all the disciples. Isn't that amazing? So we say it this way sometimes. Be absent from the body, is presence with the Lord, right? When, when they both died on the cross, they were going to be in paradise that same day. There wasn't some place they were going to, you know, rest for a while or, or hang out for a while or sleep for a while. And this place is going to be better then this place here, right? This is, this is not paradise. That place is described as paradise. And Paul, who wrote what we read earlier, he had this interesting um, debate with himself. All right, you ever debate with yourself in your mind? Well, he records it for us, which is pretty fascinating. It's really interesting. It's, it's, he's in prison at this time, and as we know from history, he doesn't get out of prison. He gets killed. He gets executed. But he's in prison, he's writing to one of these churches he started, the one at Philippi, and he's talking about life versus death, or life after death. So let me read you a couple of verses. Paul's writing. It says, For I, Paul, fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. Okay, so he's in a difficult situation. He's in prison. Is he going to stay faithful? To God, as many people are, they're they're persecuted and sometimes killed for their faith. Um, We should probably be bolder because most of us aren't going to be in danger of death for being Jesus followers. And he says, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. I pray that mine does and yours does too. Whether I live or die. So he's in prison, facing execution, and he's going to die. So then he goes on. For to me, living means living for Christ. That's why why I live. But dying is even better, or is to my gain, some translation said. So I'm living for Christ, but it's better I I gain by dying. Well, what is he talking about? He said, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. I can be more productive in, in growing the church, right? As long as I'm alive, can't do that once i did. So I really don't know which is better. So he goes on, I'm, I, I'm torn between the two these two desires. I long to go and be with Christ. I don't know, have you met some people up there in years and maybe their health's not very good and they just, uh, just say, Why isn't God, Jesus, just taking me? Why am I still here? I always tell them, well, God's got some, some purpose for you, obviously. But they really want to go and be with Christ, which he says would be far better for me. But for your sakes, again, writing to this church, it is better that I continue to live. And I'm writing this letter to encourage you and, of course, encourage millions of believers for the last 2,000 years. We're reading it today. Someone has said, I didn't check who it was, but when you're, if you're not ready to die, you're not ready to live. One of the biggest fears mankind has is death, which is kind of crazy because it's inevitable. So again, why fear it if you don't think life goes on beyond that? Are you fearing the pain of death? I don't, I don't Third thing that happens after you die. Third thing that happens after you die, we're all going to face judgment. Now, when you hear that word, it's kind of a little scary, isn't it? But let me suggest to you, and I'll try and prove it. If you're a Jesus follower, judgment is not something to fear, but to look forward to. I'll explain that in a second. So, a couple of verses that talk about the inevitability of judgment. One is the next verse in Corinthians, where we stopped at verse 9. This is verse 10. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. All right? All means everyone, so... That's something that is inevitable. We will each receive what we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So there's going to be stuff dished out. Some of it's going to be rewards, some of it's going to be punishment, right? Uh, 1 Peter, we just looked at that about a month ago. Uh, Peter writes this. Remember that Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. We talked about how cool that is. <laughs> you can't get brownie points or I can't with God. We have no favor. He has no favorites. He will judge or reward you. All right, here we go. They're called judgments. But in this judgment, there can be rewards. So we will be judged or rewarded according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residence when it's passing through. There's something else out there beyond this life that's more permanent. Instead of a tent, it's going to be a house. And so we need to be prepared for that, right? So hopefully you don't fear judgment, if you're a Jesus follower. If you are, I would suggest that you do. And we'll we'll explain these two judgments. Two different judgments, best I can figure from Scripture. (laughs) The first one's called the Great White Throne Judgment. And what happens at the Great White Throne Judgment? reading this from Revelation 20. It tells us what happens. Uh, John wrote this. He said, I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. So that's where the title great white throne comes from. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Now, I believe this is all, this judgment is restricted to non-believers. I'll explain. Go on. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and Books were open. I don't, it did not tell us about what other books were open. It tells us about one book, including the book of life. Now, this is an important book. Because in this book, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in this book. It's going to be called the Lamb's book of life. And when you become a Jesus, Father, when you trust Christ with your life, when you confess your sins ask ask God to forgive you, he writes your name in the book. And it's with erasable ink because once your name's in the book, it can't be taken out of the book. Nobody can tear it out. Nobody can erase it. Nobody can, you know white out this. Anybody know what white out is? Nobody can do white out. It, it's there for eternity, all right? But not everybody's name's in the book, right? And so John goes on. He says this, And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire now we'll talk about hell one of these weeks but it really i don't know about you but it, one of my pet peeves that really irks me is people say okay a loving god can't send people to hell that's a contradiction no it's not a contradiction at all all right first off god doesn't send anybody to hell Do you know why hell was created Who was hell created for it was created for people who knows? It was created for the devil and his demons. All right? That's what it was created for. God didn't desire that anybody goes there. And what hell? One description of hell is separation from God. And we now have no concept what it is to live separated from God. God's the one that holds the universe together. So, does it make sense if you decide not to be in God's presence all during your life? That you're stuck in God's presence for eternity? No, God's not going to do that to you. You made your choice. So if you made your choice, I want nothing to do with God here on earth, well, you don't have to have nothing to do with God after death. So hell, best description of hell is where God's not. And it's described horribly. And that's all that I, I can know. So that's the white, great white throne judgment. I think that's restricted to people that are not believers, people that do not have their name, Written in the land book of life. Hopefully you do. So for you and I, if your name's written there, we're going to call that the judgment seat of Christ. And we read about that in, actually we read it already in 2 Corinthians. We all must stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in earthly body. It's called the Bama seat sometimes. that goes back to the Greek Olympics. And... This wasn't a judgment of good or bad. This was the guy that gave out the medals when you ran or, or participated in an, in an Olympic event, you know like we do uh, gold, silver and bronze, <laughs> the person that hands out those medals. So it's a celebration of completing the task. You've ran the race well, and you've received this reward. So celebration has nothing to do with our sins. If you're a Jesus follower, when were your sins judged? Now, some people think we get to heaven, even as believers, they're going to have this movie of all the terrible things we did. No, 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 that's not going to happen. If you're a Jesus follower, your judgment happened 2,000 years ago. And Jesus died for your sins and mine, so they're taken care of. So we don't have to deal with with any kind of judgment in future time. I put it this way on the outline. We are saved by grace. We enter that saving, eternal relationship with God by grace. In fact, why would people complain about going to hell? God made it as easy as possible to get into heaven. He says it's free. And it's offered to everybody. How much easier can it get? So if you don't go to heaven when you die, it's not God's fault, right? Again, I told you that's one of my pet peeves. But anyway, we are saved by grace, but we're rewarded by works. So what kind of works? Well, how did you treat people? Were you kind and generous to people? You get rewarded for that. I think of those of you who work with children and teenagers. You're going to have some kind of special crown in heaven. <laughs> we got Bible school coming up already. 120 children. Uh, you guys, a chance to get some real crowns during during that week. That's all I can say. Uh, have you spoken up for Christ? I think we get rewarded for that. Um, what you did with your time. What you did with your Resources Were you generous? Did you visit the prisoners? Jesus said, if you visit the prisoners, like visiting me. Did you feed the hungry? It's like, like feeding me. Did you uh, give drink to the thirsty? It's like giving it to me. It's all these things. You and I are going to be rewarded. So I put on your outline, what you, you and I do now is important. In fact, it's so important, it's going to matter for eternity. There's a song you can only imagine And it usually brings tears to my eyes when I hear it or even thinking about it. So imagine, all right, you die, and you go stand before Jesus. And as he says in the song, we might not be able to even stand. We might have to fall on our knees, right? And what do we expect to happen then? He said, shame on you. You messed up here or messed up there. No, 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 no. That's not what's going to happen. Jesus told this parable, and I I, I refer to it when I think about what's going to happen. The master, Jesus, was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Not perfect, but you are faithful. You're faithful with what I gave you, your time, your resources, your talents. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. This is a small amount as far as time, at least, here on earth. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. I don't know what that means, but in eternity we'll have more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The judgment seat of Christ for believers is a celebration. So back to verse 9 in 2 Corinthians 5. And we're finished. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. Now we don't always do that. I got thinking about this. We We were... Forget where we are going. We are we going to some place we hadn't been before. <laughs> and we used our GPS. You know, it tells you to turn here and turn there. Well, it told us to turn and there was no turn. And we hadn't passed it in this case. But sometimes, I don't know about your experience, but mine is, I've already passed it. Yeah, for whatever reason, it, they miscalculate. So what it, then what's the GPS do? It starts to recalculate, right? right? From where you've gone past to get back to where you need to I think the Christian life's kind of like that. We get off track sometimes, right? We miss the turn. And God says through the Holy Spirit, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh you need to, to recalculate. <laughs> you need to turn around, you need to go back. I like the term re-centered. You need to be re-centered on what? My goal. My goal is to please him. I've got lots of other goals under that. My main goal is to please him. Some of these studies we've done, the Bible app, hopefully you have a Bible app if you have a smartphone. The Bible app has a devotional, a reading plan. And bring that up. Uh, some of you don't have a Bible app, so uh, I give you the scriptures. There's six daily readings. If you have the app, there's actually a devotion that goes along with these readings. But I encourage you during this next month or so when we discuss the topic, at least read through those scriptures, or I encourage you actually even do the, uh, do the devotional. That, that quote from C.S. Lewis, that came from the first devotional. I got that. To aim for heaven, you get earth thrown in. Aim for earth, you get neither. Let me pray with you. Thank you, God, that you created us so amazingly. You created us for eternity. And you provided that means for us to get into eternity, to live eternity. These bodies, yeah, they're they're dying. But they're only temporary, like tents. We've got an eternal body coming, a house to live in. We weren't designed to, to permanently be here. We're designed to be permanently in your presence. And I thank you that you. <laughs> the way in is free. You want to adopt us and we'll just accept your invitation. We do need to humble ourselves, confess our sins, acknowledge the fact that we are living separated from God and we don't desire to continue to, do, to live that way. And all we gotta do is say, Yes. Yes, Jesus, I want to be part of your family. And he says, Come on in. Live for eternity. And so we want to pray for anyone, God, that may be here or watching or listening. He's never done that. If they would acknowledge today that they are designed for eternity in God's presence, and they need to, to make that change. They need to accept your gift so they can live for eternity with you. It's your choice, but your choice without Christ is separation from God for eternity. I know it's an unpleasant thought, but that's the truth. So I pray you'd make that decision. Just now, just say yes. Yeah. Many of us here are believers. God, I thank you for this, this understanding that Jesus took care of our sin and judgment is for rewards. And, and you're going to reward us for what we've done here. Not that we do it for rewards. We do it to glorify you, God. But you're such an awesome God that you're going to reward us for it anyway. I thank you that we do not need to fear death. In fact, like Paul, it's almost like uh, it might be better than, than living here. So I pray, God, each of us, We'll do business with you this morning. Whether if we're fearing death, even as believers, that we shouldn't, we need to accept your gift of salvation, or just celebrate the fact that we'll be in your presence for eternity. Thank you, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.